When our children become teenagers, many of them can struggle more with feelings of anger. Today, I explain why teenagers can be so angry and how to deal with their emotional outbursts without shouting, shaming or punishing them. Hi, I'm neuroscientist Dr. Ben Webb and I want to help you cultivate a healthy brain for a mentally healthy and happy life. Welcome to episode 57 of Better Brain, Better You. Hi there, how are you doing today? Thanks so much for tuning in and make sure you hit that YouTube subscribe button or leave us a podcast review if you want, want us to release more episodes like this one. We release weekly episodes for brains of all ages. But before we get into the content today, I want to give you a free workshop in which we reveal the four essential strategies for parenting teenagers to meet the needs of their developing brain. This free workshop shows you how to understand and manage typical teen behaviours and emotions like anger and common mental health problems as well that arise during the teenage years. So you can watch this free workshop at ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash workshop. That's ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash workshop. Please do go and watch it. It's packed full of our best parenting content. Okay, so... Let's be honest, we all get angry from time to time, and that's because it's completely a completely normal emotion. Not something terrible, just a normal feeling. And when our children begin the slow transition to adulthood, many of them, particularly boys, can struggle more with anger. So it's really important to keep in mind that anger is not the problem, it's a symptom of a deeper problem or challenge. So when we have a deeper understanding of the factors that contribute to the ramping up of rage, particularly spontaneous or irrational anger for our teens, we can better support them during this turbulent and confusing time in their lives. And given that any change triggers stress, we should try and be mindful that adolescence is a time of change and on so many levels, physical, hormonal, cognitive, emotional, social and psychological, teen brains are wired up to be receptive to this change to facilitate learning and development, this also makes them super sensitive to stress. And many teens boys are still conditioned and shaped by a rigid set of expectations, perceptions and behaviours of what is manly behaviour. Things like real men don't show vulnerable feelings and anger is an acceptable emotion for men to express. And another key message that is closely linked to this is that men must remain stoic and strong and take it on the chin. And during the early teenage years, there's a significant growth spurt in the emotional brain. That's the limbic system, the first responder to dangerous and emotional situations. So the impact on both teen girls and boys is that they feel things much more intensely intensely than they did before puberty. So this partly explains both the spontaneity and the volatility of, of the anger that we often experience as parents with our teens. But much of a teen's responses to their world and experiences arise from their emotional brain, which isn't yet being regulated and told what to do by their rational and reasonable frontal lobe, which is the most immature part of a teen's brain. 
The slowly developing prefrontal lobe affects the ability of young adolescents to, ma- to manage emotional states such as anger, frustra- frustration, fear, boredom, shame, and, and even feelings of worthlessness. Their way of thinking can often allow them to catastrophize rather than accurately assess the current situation. Their inner, crit- inner critic can also become a louder voice once puberty hits. It takes the development of the frontal lobe in an, in, in an individual's brain for them to have the capacity to make a different, more mature, mature choice, although their automatic impulsive responses will always be the most likely first choice. And many of us will know that when confronted by a threatening situation, and often this can be a perceived threat, not a real threat, the emotional brain tends to respond automatically in one of three ways. So firstly, flight, wanting to run away. Secondly, freeze, suppressing emotions. And thirdly, fight, which is physical or verbal conflict. And the amygdala, which is the threat detector in the brain, is larger in boys with the And with the emotional intensity amped up, it's easy to see why irrational anger can be linked to this automatic impulse, protect one's survival. And when you add the surges of testosterone that flood through our teen boys, you can understand how things can get really volatile really quickly. And during the teenage years, the biological need to belong becomes stronger. And one of the reasons for many seemingly irrational outbursts of anger from our teen boys can sometimes be the perception that their belonging is being threatened. So this can easily happen over misinterpreted banter, for example, or when physical connection like a punch or a shove goes wrong, or when someone laughs at them. The embarrassment that ensues can often transform into rage. And from the start of puberty to the mid-twenties, a teenage brain completely rewires itself from back to front, It keeps the synapses, that's the connections between brain cells that are being regularly used and it discards the ones that are rarely or never used. So when this, what's called synaptic pruning, takes place in early adolescence, it often increases forgetfulness, poor organisation and an inability to manage moods. Many teens can struggle with remembering things even before the brain does its pruning. So for a teen who forgets their hair appointment, accidentally leaves their bag on the bus and loses their sports kit again, they can feel that there is something wrong with them. And when this happens frequently, and they seem to be endlessly getting into trouble for their forgetfulness and being disorganised, it's not really surprising, is it, that they're going to experience some significant angry moments. And on top of that, many teens lose the capacity to speak articulately and start the mumbling, yep, nope, or don't know, and this can trigger embarrassment for our children, especially when people make fun of it, and well, and even when well-meaning adults tell them to speak clearly. It's not their lack of vocabulary that's the problem; it's that synaptic pruning that I mentioned. That's the problem, and they have no clue that it's actually happening to them. A sleep deprivation is another contributor to the heightened tension in a teen's brain. Poor sleep especially when it becomes chronic, is a major contributor towards an increase in anxiety, emotional outbursts, more aggressive behaviour, and is a major factor in adolescent depression. So I hope you're starting to appreciate how many of the adolescent changes, and I haven't even touched on the endless hunger 
or awful acne that we can sometimes that they can sometimes experience underpin why our teens often find their world frustrating and annoying. So males and females tend to process emotions differently in the brain. Females tend to quickly shift emotions from the brain's emotional brain to the word production centers of the brain, which means they're able to ver- verbalize really quickly when they are upset or they're feeling a particular emotion. Whereas males tend to move emotions very quickly from their brains into their bodies. So often boys at any age, when they're really upset, will kick or hit or shove or run away. They often need to physically discharge the excess stress hormone, cortisol, and it helps them to be aware and to understand this need. And this goes some way to explaining the intense physical expression that can occur when a boy becomes overwhelmed with anger. And these emotions can remain in our nervous system for a long time after the event that actually triggered them. So for example, some boys and men can be carrying shame from an experience in their early childhood for years that keeps rearing its ugly head and can be manifested as anger. And sadly, there's a lot of anger in adolescence, especially for those teens who have been conditioned to perceive that unhealthy expressions of anger are okay and feeling sad or frightened is not okay. So many teens can damage relationships with explosive angry outbursts, and many struggle to repair those relationships. So often, following such outbursts, our teens then have a tendency to attack themselves inwardly. This creates even more emotional tension and angst that increases the likelihood of a teen reaching the end of their tether. So feeling like a failure or feeling excluded triggers big emotions that can often overwhelm a team and might often respond respond by becoming angry and expressed through aggression as well. Some of this anger can be a cover for an underlying anxiety and a way of coping with stress. But for other teens, anger is an expression of deep grief, loneliness and a damaged sense of pride. And anger can hide and also mar so many things that might be best perceived as seen as a symptom of a deeper problem, not the cause. So it's really important to remember that no matter how confusing and frustrating our teen's feelings may seem to us, they are real and important to our teen, and discharging emotions safely, especially anger, can be really helpful to them. Shutting it down and making it wrong can actually potentially make it worse later. So even worse is when parents get angry at their teens being angry. So it's understandable, really understandable, that parents want their teen to stop being angry. But the anger is not actually the problem. It's often a response, a reaction to feeling rejected, disappointed, confused, scared, unloved, misunderstood, disconnected, full of grief, sad, ugly, embarrassed, ashamed, useless, powerless or even out of control. So how do we help our teens to manage that anger? Well, unquestionably, the most significant soother for our teenage children is knowing they are loved, valued and respected by the people who matter to them most. So relationships, especially ones that can hold a place of unconditional love for our teen during this incredibly emotionally volatile period of their lives, are the secret to helping them feel safe in their confusing world. This period does not last forever, just a few years however, however it can seem like a very long time, I know, And it can be helpful to talk to a teen about what works for them to diffuse their anger when they're not angry or upset. 
Don't try and talk to them when they are dysregulated and when they're emotionally not in control. We should try and talk to our tweens and teens about strategies to safely physically discharge intense emotional distress. So any cardiovascular activity, especially if it gets their heart rate up quite high, can help them to stay calmer and cooler throughout the day. To many teens, living in the modern digital world with gaming and social media are a lot more passive and sedentary than they used to be. And some of the games that they play can certainly increase their emotional intensity. So they do really need effective outlets for the healthy physical expression of their emotions. So I've got a few examples and ideas for you and some activities for your teen to manage their anger and process excess cortisol in their brain. Using a boxing bag at home, running, climbing, skating, swimming, surfing, aerobic sport in general is, is really good. Taking a walk in nature, fishing, spending time with a family dog, listening to or playing music, cooking and even eating out, hanging out with friends, practicing mindfulness, and there's, there are loads of really, really good apps to help with that. Learn some breathing exercises, such as the three, four, five breathing pattern, and even spending alone time in their bedrooms without being interrupted by their parents or peers or siblings. So we do need to help our teens to understand that feeling frustrated or upset because they can't do or have something they want is completely normal. Frustration, however, can quickly become anger and we need to help teens to work out how to manage these big emotions without hurting themselves or others around them. So rather than shouting, shaming or punishing them when they make a bad mistake or a bad decision, we can break the cycle of just just further fueling more shame and anger by instead guiding them through loving connection, quiet support and teaching them accountability. But as I mentioned before, it's really important for these talks to take place after everything has calmed down. So if you are really concerned that your teen's anger are beyond the extremes of typical teenage mood swings, you should seek out professional support. So before we finish up, I've got a question for you. How do you help your teen to manage that anger? Please do share your anger management strategies in the comments or in a review. I'd love to hear from you. So thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope today's episode on how to deal with your angry teenager was helpful. Have a great week and I will look forward to seeing you next time.